Welcome to a special mini episode of Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tiamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I speak with one of my favorite performers about one of my favorite shows. If you are a listener to Today on Broadway, you know that I have been a longtime fan of the actress Whitney Basher, dating back to almost a decade ago when I stumbled across videos on YouTube of the first professional production of the Pascal Paul song cycle, Edges. Basher co-starred in that production with Colin Hanlon, Farrah Alvin, and Stephen Booth. And when I saw the video of her singing the song Perfect, her performance was so honest that my heart broke for her character. And then when I saw her sing the song in short, I doubled over in laughter at the sheer perfection of her comic delivery. I return to those videos regularly because they are still that impressive. Since Edges, Basher has worked in New York and around the country, especially on originating roles in new musicals like Bridges of Madison County, which marked her Broadway debut, himself and Nora, which was off Broadway just a few years ago, and opposite Shoshana Bean in the musical adaptation of the film Beaches, not to mention many, many more. She is now starring in the Keen Company off-Broadway revival of Adam Gwan's Ordinary Days, one of my favorite cast albums of all time, which I'll talk about in the episode, and I'm so excited to be able to see it on Halloween night. In the episode, I talked to Whitney about the show, about Gwan's music, about how doing the show in New York is different than when she'd previously done it out of town, working on new material and balancing having a seven-month-old daughter while both she and her husband, Jared Zerilli, currently starring in Summer, the Donna Summer musical on Broadway, have shows every night. Their daughter does make uh, an occasional appearance in the interview as well, which is absolutely adorable. And finally, before we get into the conversation, if you don't know the plot of Ordinary Days and don't want to be spoiled before you see it, you might want to skip this until after you've seen the show, but definitely see the show and then come back and listen because I think it'll give you a lot of really cool insight into what you've seen. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Whitney Basher. First off, you guys have about, I think, just uh, the the first week of performances uh, of Ordinary Days under your belts. Now, how has it gone so far? It's gone great. You know, uh, our first preview was sold out and we had all of these like wonderful super fans of the show, like people that had done it in high school or people that had seen the original production and loved it so much and, um, you know, wanted to see the revival as soon as possible. And so it's been really exciting to see people love the show, you know, for the last 10 years that it's been around and also for it to kind of make new fans, people that don't really know much about it and are seeing it for the first time. Yeah, and this is a show that, like you said, and we should give a special appearance. Your seven-month-old uh, is is joining us today, yes. too, right? Cooing in the background, yes. Yes, lovely. <laughs> that's that seems like the best way to do an interview is to have uh, a baby with you. So that's perfect. Um, well, exactly. Yeah, it makes everything a little bit less uh, uh, less important when you've got uh, something that joyful <laughs> with you. But um, this show, like yeah, like you've said, this show is some is one that for being one that's just a little four person sung through mostly show that you know was off Broadway a decade ago. It has this legion of fans because mainly because of the cast album. How did you first become aware of it? Was it you know when it was first around, or do you have a relationship with this show before this production? Yeah, I actually saw it at Roundabout uh, when it was first done, and um, I remember loving it so much. It was the first time I had seen 
uh, Lisa Brescia perform and I became mm-hmm. an immediate fan of hers. And um, I just remember being so, so moved by it. I've always loved Adam's music. I think it's um, so smart and so accessible and really beautiful. And um, so that's my, that was my first uh, introduction to the show. And then a couple of years ago, maybe five or six years ago, I actually did a production of Ordinary Days in Philadelphia with a friend, um, Joe Calarco, directing it. And then, you know, to do the show again is so fun, so exciting, and especially to do it in, in New York and do its first New York revival. Yeah. How does that, the fact that you're doing it in New York, change the substance and the feeling of the show? You know, it, obviously doing it anywhere, you know, I can't listen to any recording or watch a video of, of I'll Be Here without tearing up. But I would imagine that there's some extra emotion, if not necessarily coming from you, but from the audience to react yeah. to that song, especially. You definitely, I mean, the, the show, the show plays well anywhere, but there's something site specific about doing it in New York city with that last song, um, having connections to September 11th. And, um, you think about how perhaps a good portion of the audience was there that day was here in New York city. Um, perhaps they have some personal memory of that day and, um, you know, seeing all of the papers fall from the, from the world trade center. And I think the song has a much more personal impact to people who see it in New York because perhaps they also have a, a personal memory of that day. Yeah, and uh, we probably should have prefaced that with a spoiler alert. But um, uh, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that is kind of a surprise, you know, at the end of the show with that song, and that kind of explains so much of, of the rest of the show that people have seen, especially for your character leading up to that. How have people reacted in that moment? Do you find people are shocked, overwhelmed? What is kind of the emotions that come from that revelation in I'll Be Here? I think you definitely can feel the audience and see the audience because we're in a very intimate space, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, tearing up and really having an emotional reaction, whether it's a shared experience of grief and loss or it's a shared memory of that day and how you know, tragic and impactful it was, you, you see people really experiencing that. And it's interesting because some people probably know the songs coming and they still tear up and other people have come, they don't know anything about the show. And then we get to that song and they're like, Oh my goodness, I didn't realize we were going to go there. And they're really sort of um, moved by it. But um, you definitely see the song have great impact. Adam wrote such a gorgeous song. Yeah, I'm very much in the camp of know it's coming, and I will when I see the show uh, later this month. I will still be in tears, so uh, don't worry yes. about that. Um, but you talked about the score that Adam Adam wrote, not only this song, and it's such an interesting uh, entire score. But it is for people, and they all have such unique songs and unique characters, and it's such a, a lovely experience to see them all intertwined. Can you tell me a little bit about the experience of working with Mark and Sarah Lynn and Kyle and what the collaborative nature of this process has been for all four of you? Yeah. So um, I will say I met with Jonathan Silverstein, the artistic director and director of our show before we started. And he said, 
Keen Company's mission statement is to um, create art with in a very positive environment. And I can happily say he has delivered on that mission statement. Um, it's been so fun and a very open, collaborative process. Uh, there's something, you know, really exciting about doing a four-person musical where, you know, everyone is the lead of their own story, per se. So you have hmm, four yeah. very distinct voices um, and four, you know, very distinct characters and point of views that are trying to be equally interwoven in this story. And it's been really fun working with them. It's my first time working with all the, or no, that's not true. I actually worked with Kyle on a reading before this, but um, my first time working with Mark and, and Sarah Lynn and um, they're wonderful. They're so so good at what they do and and everyone has really gotten on board with that mission statement of you know just having fun making art and that's been really really nice you you mentioned the fact that everyone's kind of the lead of their own story in this show is there a moment when maybe during rehearsals or maybe when you're off stage that you're not involved in that that has really either moved you or tickled you or something that you've really enjoyed or look forward to um, whenever you get a chance to see it, whether it's in a rehearsal room or on stage? Yeah. Um, well, you know, Kyle is so dry and funny and every sort of delivery he has of his character, Warren, is so fun. And he's such a smart actor and, and has like an incredible voice. And Sarah Lynn, her character is so fiery and so funny. And I'm actually backstage behind the band when she sings this song called Calm, which is anything but calm if you don't know the show. Um, and it's really exciting to see her work. And her voice is just this like incredible powerhouse belt that people um, are going to be really excited about. And Mark, who I play opposite, is the kindest sweetest man uh with a beautiful like buttery voice and <laughs> we get to sing a lot of fun duets together and i really look forward to any time i get to just share the stage with him and play with him because he's a wonderful scene partner yeah i'm, I'm so excited because like i said i know i've known this show for a long time and this is i don't keep a lot of music on my phone but um one of the albums that i always keep on is ordinary days because it is such ah. a yeah you can have one listen just to one song and it's its own story and this own character yeah. thing. So I'm so excited to hear different voices with it. But speaking, yeah. but speaking of things that I keep on my phone that I will never take off, I don't know how long ago I bought this from the Pasek and Paul website, but it was some <laughs> random demo version of Edges that had some live performances. It sounds like some studio stuff. And I have to say, I, I told you at the beginning that I'm a, a huge fan. I first became aware of you from... YouTube and the videos from that Edges production, what has to be 10 years ago or so now. And obviously they're very different shows, but the fact that they're mostly sung through four characters, I see these parallels in my mind between these two shows that I love so much. Are there any echoes for that um, with you with this show too? Yeah. Um, you know, I think both of those shows is about four young people, you know, trying to find their place in the world and in life and sort of figuring out those things that um, we're all figuring out in our youth. Um, and so I, I definitely see the parallels there. And, you know, it's interesting now to do another sort of four person sung through show, but, you know, edges was, 
I I think it was closer to like 15 years ago, which makes me oh. feel very old. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> no. I, I didn't mean that. It's fine. But, you know, it, doing Edges was like, it was so incredible. And it was, you know, getting to work with Benj and Justin before they were big right. Benj yeah. and Justin stars <laughs> like they are now, you know, but. I really love the, the song cycle form um, as a musician and as a singer. I think it's a really cool way to tell stories and, and it's exciting to, to sort of be back in that form and, and, and be a little older and kind of tell the quote unquote, you know, older couple story in this, in this song cycle in ordinary days. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, we won't talk about how much older. I apologize for that. But yeah, um, no, 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 it's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned that being the the older couple, and you're in a situation that I think a lot of people uh, in your business are would be very envious of. You are married to another actor who is in a Broadway show right now. We've already talked about your seven month old. Now that you are in a situation yeah. where you're married, you have a kid, you both have a show to go to every night. How is that working out for you after that first week of, of performances in the show? Ooh, it's hard. It's really, <laughs> really hard, but it is doable to all the young ladies out there who think like they want to have children someday. It is possible. It's difficult, but it is possible. Um, you know, you, you, you either are very organized or you become very organized very quickly. Um, you have a roster of babysitters that you love and um, love your kid. And um, you just schedule the heck out of your life. And, and um, you know, you have a babysitter come in the evenings and put her to bed so that mommy and daddy can go do their show and, you know, be artists and, and provide for her. And then during the days we get to, you know, spend time with her and you do your best to create as much work-life balance as you can. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And there's, there's you know, some of that even in ordinary days itself is finding balance in things. So uh, that yeah. seems very appropriate there. Well, and talk, going back to, to Edges, at least tangentially, it's interesting to me that as I look back on your career and kind of remind myself of some of the things that you've done since Edges, so much of it has been newer things, um, whether it's, you know, in New York or out of town or doing things that um, are in the developmental process. Ordinary Days, like you said, is a revival, but it's not something that necessarily is is this huge, well-known thing. But do you have something in you that gravitates more towards newer work? I know as actors, you take the opportunities that are there, but just as a person, are there things that appeal to you more about working on things that are in development still? Yes. Um, I've been very, very fortunate to do a good uh, majority of new work. As an artist, I find it to be so incredibly fulfilling. You know, it's a lot like bringing a child into this world. You, you're creating something new. You are, for lack of a better term, sort of birthing this new thing <laughs> into the musical theater ether. And um, it allows you to be your ultimate creative self as an artist. Um, and when you work with really good teams, it allows you to be very collaborative and, you know, advocate for your character and, and learn new things about the show. And so I'm definitely drawn to that as an artist. Um, you know, you feel very creative and it's very satisfying uh, on that level when it finally does get produced and it finally gets an audience and people see all of the, hard work that the writers and director and 
actors have put into making something new. Yeah. What's interesting to me, you know, talking about that is that you, before this last summer, before your your baby, you were working on something that was a revival, but it was kind of a new version of something uh, that people have known before with Molly Brown. Is there a, a, a kind of way to split the difference between those? Because that was something that wasn't necessarily new, but it was a new book and you guys were working on updated. You'd done multiple productions over years to kind of see the evolution of something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Molly Brown was so exciting because, you know, like you said, a lot of the, the music everybody knows, um, Belly Up to the Bar and all of those like great songs, um, you know, but the Meredith Wilson estate gave uh, Dick Scanlon permission to revamp and, and rework the book. And so in a lot of ways, it felt like a it felt like a new musical. But, you know, with that sort of I don't want to say safety, but like the comfort of knowing that like a lot of those songs were beloved, you know, so that in that, in that sense, we knew, okay, this is definitely going to work. But, you know, even when you're tweaking a book and the, and the songs are, are what they were before, it still very much has the excitement of a, of a new show because yeah, every day when you come into rehearsal, there's new pages, there's new scenes, you're trying new things for your character. And, um, it always keeps you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there some of that freedom with with ordinary days because it is while it's it is a revival, you're really there. I mean, you work opposite, you know, Mark and stuff like you talked about. But a lot of what you're doing is just either you by yourself on the stage. Are you still finding new things every time you go out and do the show? Absolutely. I mean, Adam has written like a gold mine for actors. He, he, his ability to tell story in a song is incredible. And so you're always finding new things. And, and I will say something that, you know, people can get excited about, about this revival is um, there's new orchestrations uh, at roundabout. It was just piano. Oh, cool. And um, we have um, a reed player who I believe plays five different reed instruments, piano <laughs> and bass. So um, there's a lot of new colors to the to the orchestrations um and adam has written some new transitions between songs so that certain numbers sort of flow together to create more of a like an act feeling as opposed to um each song having applause after it so um so again it is a revival but there's some new things in there that i think have you know informed all of us you know doing the show that make it feel fresh and new for us very cool. Well, I, I will let you go on this question because I, I know you want to spend time <laughs> with your, uh, your kid <laughs> and husband on your day off. But um, we've already spoiled a little bit uh, of the show, so I, I'll probably put a spoiler alert on the beginning of that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. after that, beyond that, for people who maybe aren't familiar with the show and just you know are interested in coming and seeing it, but don't really know the music, don't really know the construction, don't know the stories of these four characters. How would you wrap up the experience of seeing Ordinary Days, especially this production, in a nice little package to to let them know what they can expect if they come out and see the show? Um, Ordinary Days is about four people, two couples. And at the beginning, it is assumed that each storyline has little impact on each other. And through the course of the show, you see how, um, how much of an impact we have on each other's lives by, um, by a simple act. Hmm. Uh, so Warren, uh, his character is, um, he wants so badly to be an artist and he's not really sure how to make his mark in the world of art. 
And by doing something really simple, he impacts all of the characters in this play in a really big way. And for me as an artist, I, I really identify with with Warren and, and that struggle sometimes. Hmm. And it's a nice reminder that, you know, your art is important. And whether it's you perceive it as small or large, you know, how many people you get to do your show for or right now maybe you're not in a show and you're just auditioning, like your art is important. And I think that show, that um, Ordinary Days uh, is a helpful reminder of that. And um, that, you know, something really small and really simple seeming can have really great impact. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. You can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have information for the Keene Company's production of Ordinary Days in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. You can also find Whitney Basher's social media information there as well. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks to David Gersten and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember... I'll be here, right beside you as long as you want me to be. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get a chance, ask people to tell you more.